Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. I'm your host, Kit Bodner. I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Kieran Flanagan. And today, do we have a show for you. We are talking about making the impossible possible and how AI is going to be like the next iPhone for how businesses and consumers interact and behave. It is going to be an awesome episode. Kieran, are you pumped for this topic or what, man? I'm excited. It would be cool to have a debate. Is AI the iPhone or is AI the internet, right? Like is AI completely changes the way we interact with things in the same way the internet did. The iPhone kind of did as well. Yeah, they both did. They're close. You're right. The internet is one bigger level of abstraction up and you could make the debate. It's either one. I think the iPhone is a good metaphor for today. It's something that everybody is very familiar with. And I got some callbacks there, but it might be bigger than that. I think that's a fair call. out. Before we get into the show, Here's a quick word from HubSpot. Long hours, small teams, uninspiring content. Marketing at a startup is hard work. Thankfully, HubSpot for Startups can help you grow your business without growing your stress. HubSpot's all-in-one platform connects your teams together. Plus, they have a bunch of resources to help you scale, and they offer discounts of up to 90% off. So if you're ready to crush your marketing, look no further than HubSpot for Startups. To see how much you can save, visit HubSpot.com startups. Here's a couple of things that I thought we could start the show with. Please, please, let's go. You know, what's happening right now is there's just an avalanche of content being created about AI. We are part of that process. OpenAI is obviously the company really at the forefront of this, but there's Stable Diffusion. Google has its own AI. There's a bunch of other models and technologies that are coming out. One thing I just want to make sure we level set with, I think one good thing for this conversation to kind of level set the entire framing of this episode about is just how quickly this is evolving. Mm -hmm. And one way to think about this is, you know, what's really captured people's imagination is chat GBT3, that model GBT3. Mm -hmm. Before that, there was GBT2. And the rate of evolution. So those things were released maybe 24 months apart, maybe 18 months apart. And here's like an incredible stat that GBT2 in terms of trainable parameters, which means the more trainable parameters, the better the AI will be, yeah. had 1.5 billion trainable parameters. That's a lot. Which is a lot. That's a lot. GPT-3 has 175 billion. Whew. That is orders and orders of magnitude. That's crazy. In two years, right? And that's what I keep trying to tell people is I don't think you understand the rate of evolution here. Yeah. The Chinese have their own AI model. It's actually kind of funny because it's one of the only good use cases of a DAO because theirs is called Wu DAO, D-A-O, not Decentralized or yeah. Autonomous Organization, but actually an AI model. They have 1.7 trillion parameters. So I haven't heard much on that. That's crazy. And the other thing I want to quickly kind of get your two cents on was I dove into this because I'm a nerd and I looked at like <laughs> GPT is trained on 45 terabytes of data. And so I was looking at, you know, the sources of that data. One of the biggest sources is Reddit. Really? I can like 22% of weight in in the model, but it's not Reddit. It's like outbound links from Reddit where that thread has been upvoted more than three times. Uh, so trying to use human signal of quality of information. Yeah. That's really, really smart. I thought that was fascinating. That's 22% of the mix. Mm -hmm. Wikipedia is 3% of the mix, but it does speak to, hey, like, thanks for all of the content, Wikipedia. <laughs> we'll just take all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Well, it comes back to, there's a lot of content that, a lot of humans have worked very hard to create that's training this AI and how right. are people going to get compensated? How is this all going to work is 
it's super uncertain. And I think that's really challenging in all of this. The flip side of it is you're showing the pace of innovation and that pace of innovation is madness. And it's opening up a bunch of opportunities for companies and individuals to change how they work, how they grow, how they do everything that they wanna do, really accomplish their goals. Kieran, I want to talk to you about the last time we really saw this, which was when Apple released the iPhone and more importantly, released iOS, the App Store, all of the ecosystem, right? And here's a history lesson I would remind everyone of. When the iPhone came out, do you remember what every business did, Kieran? What was the hot thing for every business to do? To do apps? To build a mobile app. And boy, was that stupid. Like there was this whole thesis that building a mobile app was going to change your business. And it didn't. What actually happened is we learned over time that the average person uses very, very few apps. The average person uses five to 10 apps, you know, by every data and study and survey. And so every business in the world making an app is pretty stupid, right? Like that's not a smart thing to do. So what happened? How did those five to 10 apps that everybody used break out? And they broke out because they did things that were previously impossible and made them possible. Like Uber is a great example where it took GPS and a mobile app and the internet to make a marketplace and just completely disrupted how people were transported from place to place, right? right. And DoorDash, Facebook, all of these companies used the technology that's brought together, Instagram, Snapchat are exceptionally good examples from what happens when you had the internet and a camera deeply connected, right? Those are the businesses that really transformed the future. And I think it's really important for us to not lose that lesson. Because as we go into this next phase of technology innovation, and AI is gonna be a huge part of it, it's not gonna be all of it. There's gonna be a lot of other great technological innovation. My first recommendation for everybody is if you see other people and businesses flocking to one thing, i.e. building an app in the iPhone, don't do that. Like if consensus moves to one direction, that is probably not actually the right initial direction. We have pretty good track record that a lot of first movers in new technology aren't right, right? And it doesn't mean that you can't first move and be successful. You just have to do it in a very thoughtful way. And I think you have to use the first principle of what am I unlocking for people that is actually new and possible that they couldn't do before? versus just like, you know, most mobile apps in the early days of the iPhone was just like porting over a website, you know? And that was very, very low value. Yeah, What's your take on that, Kieran? Yeah. What would you recommend for everybody? The first time you get the technology, so if you go back and look at the iPhone, the first time we were given that technology, where most people's imagination goes, and it makes total sense, is, oh, I can take the thing that I'm doing on desktop and mobilize it. And people can use that now on their phones. And I think that does matter, like initially, because iPhone usage was new and people wouldn't be accustomed to using things on the phone, probably didn't get as much traction. But over time, there's just things people prefer doing on their phone. So like taking the thing that you used to do in a laptop and put it in the phone makes total sense. No difference from taking the thing that you used to do in this big, weighty, you know, in-house computer, and then you put it on a laptop and you can move it around. And so there's some of those use cases that make sense. But to your point, like everyone built their website and a mobile app that was just a, oh, wow, new technology. How do we use this in any kind of way at all? Total snooze fest. Yeah, we're we are with AI is I think AI is actually even way more interesting in terms of taking the existing use cases and just applying AI to them than they are taking desktop and applying iPhone to them because there's just way more kind of cooler automation you can do. But we're doing things like, oh, okay, we can do content this way, we plug AI in, and now we kind of supercharge our content. We can do design, but with AI, we can supercharge the design. And what I'm really excited by is 
we can do this thing yes. that we could never have done before. Yes, this is the point. And that to me is when you start to just go, wow, like that's when you start to see an entire new way of doing things in an entire new world that you see some of the most incredible companies getting built. Kieran and I have spent some time writing to ourselves, kind of independent of each other, of what we think those new impossibilities that are becoming possible are. We want to share those with all of you. One, to give feedback, please drop us some comments in the YouTube video around if you agree, disagree, if you think of others that we haven't thought of, we'd love to hear them. So I want to talk about like one of the problems with what I would call the old internet, the pre-AI internet. It was binary. It was yes or no. Technology was just ones and zeros. And you had to say, yes, this is true. No, this is not. And it took a lot of nuance out of everything. Right. And AI brings nuance back in. You know, right now, if you look for something on Google, for example, you either get an answer box or you get tens and hundreds of links to go and sort through. Where with AI, there's nuance. You could say, oh, I'm looking for this thing. But for me, this is what I'm specifically looking for about this topic, which might be different than what other people are looking for on that same topic. That nuance doesn't exist today. And we're entering nuance into how we interact with each other, interact with technology online. So when you say nuance, do you actually just mean like searching for things that are very like niche and specific to you? Because that's the way you described it. The last decade of the internet has been very black and white, very maximalism. Like, I believe fully in this thing and only that thing, and I have no perspective on the other side of this argument. And if I look at the early use cases of AI, there's a lot of gray, not black or white, in that engagement with AI, where you can, one, iterate on something. You're not looking at one answer. You're getting an answer, and you're kind of iterating it and customizing it. And that nuance is unique to you. So there's some bit of contextualization, which I think you're pointing out, but it's also not just like, here's a right or wrong answer. It is, hey, here's some different aspects of an answer, if we're talking about search, for example. And I think that is a big difference. And it allows you to create much more customized experiences, I think, if you're somebody who's familiar with that technology than somebody who's using kind of the old way of doing things online. And I actually think, to your point, your description of it would be a, a real benefit yeah. and it actually would be incredible. Like if AI was able to provide real nuance, I actually think the problematic thing about AI right now is it does provide definitive answers and at times you actually can't tell whether they are right or wrong. Mm. And so it doesn't actually provide any gray. It actually tells you like, this is the thing. And then you actually have to validate whether that is true or not. And I think that is really problematic for AI right now. And I, over time, what I think it should probably start to do is give you some sort of degree of confidence in an answer. But I, like, I can't even fathom how it does that because I don't know the internal workings. I know it's trying to just guess the next thing. But I actually would say that the opposite is true right now. I think if AI can get to the point where there is real nuance, where it could say mm -hmm. like, oh, there's real like nuance to this and here are some ways you could think about this. That's actually better than what I think AI is doing, which is just like, here is black or white. And that is really bad for people because what's going to happen is it's going to get two answers right and two answers wrong. And you're going to be so confident in this when you're getting the right answers, you're not <laughs> going to question the wrong answers. And I think in the world we live in, where it doesn't seem like anyone questions anything they read or see anyway. Yeah. I think that's problematic. It's, it's interesting. You might be right, Kieran. I guess I'm hoping that the evolution of AI will decrease the error rate enough that that will become less of a problem over the short term. But right. I don't know. I think the reality is what I think AI is going to be very good at to kind of get to one of my other points here is I think AI is going to be better at helping you achieve a goal. 
If you think about most questions or tasks you're doing, it's to accomplish some end result, right? Yes, I agree with this. This is a show for marketing-minded people. Let's talk a little bit about like a marketing-specific example here, right? I can imagine a world in which I say I want to have a website conversion rate of 1%, right, on this page. And AI helps give me different possible changes and iterates with me on those changes to get to 1%. So those sub-tasks and sub-recommendations, some might be right, some might be wrong, but we're working to like a very clearly defined goal. And never before have we had that. You know, marketing has always been about guessing. Don't let anybody fool you. Like anybody who says they're super analytical, that's great. They're still guessing a ton, right. right? Like I think you and I believe that. And so AI isn't removing the guesswork, but it's giving you a partner to iterate on that's looking at the most important variables for yes. you to change to solve a goal. And I think that is one of the biggest changes that we're going to see. I think the best use cases of AI, especially in like marketing, will be those that are helping you iterate towards a goal versus like answer a one-off question or create right. a one-off piece of content. That's why I actually think a good framing for that is moving from a search engine to a search assistant. Because yes. what you're saying is like, I actually have an assistant and I can give it my end goal and it can actually go and search all of these things and then condense the information into something that's applicable to me. Whereas today you kind of have to do that yourself. You search for something in Google and you actually take some of that information and then you refine the search and then you go through all the links and you take some of that information. AI is the one that's actually gonna do all that work for you. Like I need a 1% conversion rate. Okay, well I will trawl through all of the information that's out there and start to like condense it and package it in a way that's yeah. suitable and customized for you. And then the example you give is a speed of refinement. Yes, I can say, okay, cool, take one of those away and go deeper on one and two. And then, okay, well, here's deeper on one and two. And you can like speed through those things until you get like the actual thing that is really only applicable to you. Mm -hmm. It's really customized towards you. And I think that is gonna be huge. And I think it's gonna be a game changer in how we think about search. Yeah, and, and I, I wanna try to give everybody watching a very specific example here. So a ton of people run online ads, right? A ton of businesses run online ads. So let's talk about Instagram ads, Facebook ads, what have you. You're doing a lot of guessing around like, oh, do I need to change my targeting? Do I need to change my image? Do I need to change my copy? And right now the AI tools that people are using for their ads are just like helping them do something, one of those things easier. It's like, oh, this thing is gonna help me write better ad copy and I can have more iterations of my ad because it's easier for me to write better ad copy. That's great, but that's kind of stupid because you don't know if the ad copy is the problem. <laughs> Right. And what you need is an assistant to tell you what part of your ad is the problem and then work through those to get to the desired outcome that you get. My third thing that I think is really awesome about AI is I think AI will finally help humans get out of the mental trap of the four minute mile. We've talked about this where like humans can only accomplish what we think is possible to mm, accomplish. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like the, yep. the historic example is we thought it was impossible for a human to ever run a mile faster than four minutes. And then once somebody did. Everyone did. Yeah, everyone did and just became commonplace, right? You broke through like this perceived barrier. And if you have AI and you have technology, it's helping you at that kind of goal level. Then you can say, oh, well, let me set this thing I didn't think was possible. I never thought it was possible to get a 20% click-through rate on my ad. Let's see if that's possible. And then once that happens, wow, your whole frame of reference changes, the economics of your business change, and then the market changes, right? Because everybody realizes that's possible. And an entire system 
then changes, which I think is really, really remarkable. So my third thing that I am excited for around this topic of making the impossible possible is AI is going to help us get out of our own blockers and governing systems that hold us back from actually accomplishing what we're truly capable of. Right. We thought it was impossible to run the 100-meter sprint in under 9.8 seconds. And once one person proved they could do it with steroids, everyone took steroids and could run it as fast as that. <laughs> that was not the lesson I was hoping for, Kieran. But Kieran the pessimist, everyone. Always bring in the trolling. I'm not the pessimist. I'm just telling you that uh, it's human ingenuity. We'll be right back. But let me tell you about a podcast from our network. Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network your audio destination for business professionals. Join husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Their audience loves the show's unique blend of theory and practice, which helps business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. If you enjoy learning what makes people tick, then this is the show for you. Recently, they did an amazing episode on what makes your team say yes. Exploring the Psychology of Influence. Phil Agnew shares his rich experience in behavioral science and delves into the intricate psychology of influence. They explore the fine line between influence and manipulation, uncovering how subtle cues and messaging impact team decision-making and motivation. Whether you're a leader, marketer, or anyone interested in the art of intelligence, this episode is packed with strategies and psychological principles to understand and harness the power of yes in teams and organizations. Listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, let, let me give you one. Okay, I want to talk about creativity, yeah. but I want to actually talk about like AI as the first iteration of apps in the iPhone and then AI as like Uber for the iPhone. So yeah. first iteration of all the apps are just things we imagine from desktop to iPhone. And so like today, if you think about how we're using AI, and it's actually incredible for these things. And I do think it's already starting to really disrupt how people do this work. So we're able to create content through AI. And so some of it is really bad and you have to edit it, but it actually gives you a very good starting point. Some of it is pretty okay. Some of it is good. A lot of it needs tweaked. What's going to 100% happen is AI is going to be integrated into CMSs. CMSs will be able to pull in data from the internet, whether that is from your competitors, from keyword tools, and start to like create first drafts of all of this content. And you'll just be able to edit it and then publish it. And uh, we're going to get much better at this, right? We're going to get much better at the automation. It helps us create images much easier, but you need a lot of tweaking. And so it's still quite human-driven, AI-assisted, and then human-edited, right? There's some kind of loop there. One really good example of that is there's this guy called Jason Allen. And so Jason Allen, he won this competition for digitally manipulated photography. So it was a contest where you could actually use AI to create art. That's awesome. And he had 900 versions of his art. So he went through 900 versions and he iterated, iterated, iterated. And then he actually ended up doing the rest of it in Adobe. So it gives you an example of like the amount of iteration humans are doing with AI. So what's the Uber version of this, right? Yeah. I think there's two things we're doing. We're accelerating the amount of content you can create and we're widening the pool of people who can create that stuff because AI is making it much easier to create content, images, and videos. The Uber version of this is actually very similar to what Uber did for taxis, is like media on demand. And so what AI I think is gonna be able to do is me say, hey, go train on these people. Like go train on like Ben Thompson's Stratchery content. Shout out Ben Thompson. He's got a great site, Stratchery. Go check it out if you haven't. And so you're like, okay, well, I think his content 
and the way he thinks is incredible. And I just want to be able to dictate what he creates for me. Mm -hmm. And so I can train the AI on his stuff. And then I can tell the AI to create me an article all about HubSpot's business model or all about the breakdown of Microsoft just investing in OpenAI and tell me that through the lens of Ben Thompson. That's terrifying. And that changes everything, right? Totally. That changes everything because now I am just deciding what media I want and the form that I want it. And the thing that I can't get my head around is like the way that we win today as marketers is we create one-to-many. Well, what happens when you create one-to-one? That's not even the part that makes my head hurt, man. What makes your head hurt? The part that makes my head hurt so much on this is what you just described, right? I think of Ben Thompson as like this very singular mind in business strategy and like has its own way of explaining ideas. And if I can go and have an idea that I'm interested in explained just like him, but with him not having to do it, that is the seeds of basically commoditized differentiation. That even makes sense, right? right? Like, how are you different? How do you have a brand? How do you have a perspective, a point of view when anybody can copy it instantly? (laughs) You know, like that makes my head hurt. Yeah, like this is copyright. This is like why the copyright wars are going to be so so intense. I think this is what's actually really hard about it. I think we will figure out a way to make this work, but I think there could be a period of time where it's actually very hard to differentiate, especially in like media, content, art, that side of things. You can always differentiate in business model and product value and those things, but maybe the product maximalists will win. Maybe the people who think, oh, product's the only thing that ever matters will have a day in the sun. We disagree with that, obviously, on the marketing side of things, but it hurts my head to think that it's going to be so much harder to be different because it's such an important part of doing great marketing, being a successful business, all of those things. Yeah, and maybe there will be like, it costs $12 million each time OpenAI do a train and run for its mm-hmm. train and set, like that 45 terabytes of data. And I think all of the most incredible things will be taking that train and model from OpenAI and then running your own train and model on yes. it. Like something yes. like Quora taking that and then using their proprietary data to train model on the stuff that they have, making it unique to them. And so maybe there will be like, you actually need to have a certain amount of data to be able to train off. So you can't, like Ben Thompson doesn't actually have enough content in the world for me to train something that's as good as him. But I don't know, like you actually can go play around with this today. You can go to chat GPT, you could paste in an article from someone and you can say, you know, rewrite this sentence, taking that person's writing style. Mm -hmm. I've tried it. It actually isn't that great, but I think it could get better. It really just depends on how much content it needs to build a really great training model. But even like, think about the insane thing, right? Let's say like, I want a marketing course from Seth Godin. Let's say I want a course. And so I can just type in like, teach me these things in the form of Seth Godin. The incredible thing is there's technology today that can actually create the tutorial videos with him, his face, his voice, everything, right? And so like even education could be on demand. And again, when I mean on demand, I don't mean on demand, go sign up and I can just take that. I mean like, you can dictate exactly what the course is about for you. And I think that is a world we are going to move to. Like even movies, you can imagine movies being customized for you in the future. Totally. Uh, quick quick sidebar for everybody watching. Just recently, within the last week we're recording this, Rich Roll, who's an awesome YouTuber and interviewer, it has an amazing hour and a half interview with Seth Godin that I think is one of the best things oh, related to business and marketing that I have seen on the internet in probably, I don't know, months, if not years. It's incredible. Go check out Rich's channel. I highly, highly recommend. I just want to do a quick plug. We're going to do a deep dive in that. Yeah, interview, I think right? we have to. There's just some freaking gold on that thing. Yeah, we should deep dive it. I want to do a deep dive. It is so unbelievably good.
All right, I got one other aspect of kind of making the impossible possible that I want to talk about. One of the things that you talked about, Kieran, with AI and a lot of the popular AI models is all of the training data and the immense amount of trading data they have. And one of the things that does is it brings all of like history and lessons and learnings to like real-time accessibility in a way that just was never possible before. And let me give you like a practical example of this. Kieran, you're familiar with Ryan Holiday. Yep. Right. For folks who might not be familiar, Ryan Holiday is an author. Before he was an author, he was a marketer and was really good at growing businesses. And he figured out this very interesting thing, that there was a niche of going back to the ancient Stoic philosophers and taking their lessons and repackaging them for a modern time. And he's built a huge career of doing that. And he does it exceptionally, exceptionally well. But the reason that works is one, because those people were brilliant and smart and he's able to repackage it well. But two, because it's so far in the past, nobody thinks about those lessons anymore. And so it feels new again and, and everything. That is going to be possible for anybody to do at any time with AI, you know, and to do much faster than Ryan has spent the last decade or whatever he has spent doing that. And we as humans have a recency bias. We are biased for things that have happened very recently in our history. I think AI is going to even that bias out because it's going to bring some of the most important lessons from history up into the forefront because we're getting much better at aggregating, accessing all of this information. And I think if you are an individual or a business, that's going to open up a bunch of opportunities for how you teach, how you interact with your community, how you market your products, all of those things. And in a way that just isn't the case now, right? Like even if you look at Google, Karen, Google does favor the newer content, right? Like part of Google's algorithm is like, how fresh is the answer to this? Because we know that newer answers are better. And we're going to kind of smooth out the timeline on all of this, which I think could be a really, really valuable thing. I don't know, but I'm excited about it. There's already an AI app you can go, uh, I think I listed it on the show before, where you can go and you can speak to people of the past. Like you can go speak to Socrates and have a full chat conversation with him. I don't know how they've trained the data on obviously his books and things like that. And you you know, if you're a marketer, you can go say to Socrates, you know, how do I build out this marketing automation workflow? He's like, oh, well, you know, That's don't worry about that shit. <laughs> like try to like think about life. <laughs> but yeah, and again, it's like, it's that search assistant search engine. I think there's a fundamental difference in the experience. And when, yes. when the experience is user or easier, the easier is always going to win. And I think that forever we thought about search engines as the best way to access data. And I think what the AI chat GPT has showed us is actually there's an experience that's like one level better. It's yeah. easier, it's more concise, it's packaged up better, it's formatted better. And again, it's because it's not a search engine. It's actually taken all of that search engine information and it's your assistant. It's like your personal assistant that's had to go through all of that information itself and then package it up for you in a really easy way to understand and to read. And I think that's the big difference. It's a layer above that. One of the other ones I wanted to mention, which I think is really interesting, again, is like taking propriety data and then building models and then completely changing the way that you kind of think about things is if you're a company and you have like really great data on your potential customer segment, you can train an AI to act and behave in the same way as your customer would. Yes. And so then anytime you are trying to like make decisions, you can actually ask the AI, hey, ask your customer. Yeah, ask your customer. And I you can obviously you can do that today, but this makes it so much easier, right? Like it's your customer in your pocket and you can ask it all the time, like, is this a great thing? Should I go into this country? How do you think about this? So I think that's an interesting way that you could actually use Friday data. And you know why, Kieran, that's a really important one to bring up. And you know why that's so important? It's because the traditional way of getting customer feedback right now, it's very easy to get distracted by the outliers, right? There's always going to be people in your customer base 
that want something that is more unique to them and you have a hard time figuring out, oh, should I listen to them or not listen to them? Where if you have a big enough set of data and AI can kind of round that off, well, it's like, okay, then I can get a better kind of balanced perspective of where I should be investing my time, my effort, my resources to build a really great business here, right? right? And I think that's pretty huge in how this is all gonna change. Right, and um, let me give you one last one, which Please. is really not a kind of like iPhone to Uber, kind of just a good product that someone could build. So this is like a, a similar in the, if you are building the, company that sells internal documentation hygiene for yeah. companies, please tell me, I would invest. Yeah, totally very, I'm up. sure Kip would as well. Very similar to this, I think you and I would invest in this. Employee onboarding. Oh, tell me more, I'm, I'm, I'm interested AI, already. Maybe, maybe we should build this, Kip. AI can, <laughs> totally maybe don't should. publish this, actually. I'm like, uh, so AI can completely solve employee onboarding, especially in remote worlds. So even think about HubSpot. If AI goes and sucks in all of the data through the wiki, yeah. do you not think that would be incredible for employees to be able to access that information through a chat? Like, oh, I have totally. this question, I have that question. Darren's like nodding his head. Producer Darren is like, this would be amazing. That is an incredible business. It is, but it underlines one of my core closing points here, Kieran, is we've talked a lot about data and intellectual property on the show over the first nearly 100 episodes of Marketing Against the Grain. In a world of AI, those things are so important, right? Like for that employee onboarding example to work, you still have to have done all of the work of organizing, creating, like here's my benefits information, here's how you access your email, here's how you download this application, all of those things, right, has to exist. You have to have good training data. But it could make it much easier. And I think that is what I want everybody to understand is even if you are skeptical of AI, even if you are like, I don't understand what to do, right now get your data together. Understand that the data that you have available, whatever you choose to leverage this technology, is going to be the thing that makes you successful or not successful, right? And the companies with better data and more unique and proprietary data and intellectual property will have an advantage of how they can train and utilize models versus companies that don't. Right. And if you are thinking about building that product and haven't even started and just want to, now you've heard this podcast and you're like, oh, I want to go build that reach out. I'll get you funded. <laughs> yeah, totally. We can I, will get you get, money. I will get you funded. We'll get you money. And uh, we'll take a little bit of, you know, sweet equity <laughs> for, for our time. <laughs> <and effort. laughs> Getting back to kind of closing out the show here. Don't follow the herd when it comes to AI. Don't think about just using AI to do the things you're already doing today. That's lesson one. Lesson two is think about what is impossible for the problems that you're trying to solve. Like, what did you think just wasn't possible? And Set a regular cadence to understand as this technology evolves, is it going to be possible? Are we going to have new unlocks for how you work and do the things that you need to do, right? Like that is, I think, hugely, hugely impossible. Three, eat food that's on fire. It is delicious. <laughs> it is so delicious. And you haven't really lived if you're not eating food that's on fire, especially desserts that are on fire. Yes. In all seriousness, this is a huge shift in how we are all going to work and build companies over the next decade. And what we're trying to do is give you an early map to save you some time. Don't go down the path of creating a mobile app like everybody did when the iPhone came out. Don't follow everybody else. Think about what you're going to do differently and where your unique opportunity lies. Kier, anything else before we hit the show today? No, I think you covered it. I think 2023 is gonna be the year of the things that we did not think possible made possible through AI. And I, for one, think that is a great time to be alive when technology goes through those kind of advancements. Oh, gosh, it is going to be an exciting year. We're going to be here with you every step of the way, and we will see you very soon on Marketing Against the Grain. <laughs>